Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. doing today? I am doing great. I had an excellent weekend. It was filled with lots of adventure. I was outside basically the entire time. The weather was gorgeous. I was with friends. I was with family. I I really feel rejuvenated and re, like energized. And yes, it brought me to a really great place for this podcast. <laughs> Today, I'm excited to share with you all a very raw, very intimate podcast with my favorite guest, Adele Stratton. Um, This is Adele's third appearance on the show, and I absolutely love her because she's none other than my biggest teacher. She's my spiritual therapist, otherwise known as Yoda. And she's been guiding me and helping me through some of the most difficult life challenges I've faced over I would say the past five years or so, even more than that, and counting. Today the podcast is a continuation of our Relationships 101 podcast, which aired several months ago. And this time we're going deeper and tackling the subject of how our belief systems are created by our parents and and or guardians. In this episode, I I share some vulnerabilities as it pertains to my relationships uh, with primarily my father. You might also call them daddy issues. (laughs) I'm using air quotes here, daddy issues. And how what I've learned growing up has shaped the foundations of all my relationships, be it with peers, friends, and or like romantic interests. We break down why I believe what I believe and how to break the pattern and relearn how I can rebuild the most important relationship of all, the one with myself. So without further ado, let's get started. Okay. Hi, Adele. Hi, Elisa. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. It's always a delight. Is, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so today I am here back um, at Adele's house. It's a wonderful environment. And uh, the topic is relationships with your parents. I'm not sure. Like, how are we going to describe this topic? Relationship with your guardians, with your parents, um, just where you come from and where you get your... Baggage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say beliefs, but I like baggage too. <laughs> Uh, and we were just that just popped out of my mouth i don't know where that came from (laughs) amazing we were just talking about um how appropriate it is that the school um kids are playing outside so now you can hear the children playing in the background so speaking of children and relationships with parents we got a whole schoolyard full of them up there (laughs) well they look like they're having fun and they are they're very joyous (laughs) so um just like getting started into this, I, I think it might be uh, appropriate to say that um, 
most of the time when I come and see you, which is like monthly or bi-monthly, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, so one or two times a month. We talk a lot about uh, my beliefs, I guess, and my story and where it comes from and how it's sort of in the last few months been really, we've been targeting um, my parents, my birth parents. I did grow up with my birth parents. I know that there's probably similarities or differences between your birth parents and whoever raised you, whether you're adopted, whether you know who your birth parents are, but like the actual, I guess there's a similarities between like genetics as well as, uh, or what is it? What do you call it? Like your learned behaviors versus your um, nurture versus nature or whatever it is. Versus your taught behavior? Yeah. Yeah. Like nurture versus nature. So your DNA versus what you're taught physically. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Okay. I was getting confused. (laughs) I was confusing myself. Um, so yeah, so we talk about sort of my domestication and how I grew up and, and yeah, uh, one of the biggest things that comes up all the time is my relationship with my dad. Right. Because it was a difficult one. It's not one that I talk about very often. I'm almost nervous a little bit so sure, sure. <laughs> to talk about it now, but, uh, but yeah. So, so where do we begin? So <laughs> Speaking of, of the relationship between father and daughter, in particular you, um, and so I feel that a lot of times what comes up is uh, uh, unworthiness or self-worth issues, yes. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. that is, has um, uh, demonstrated itself through your life. In the way that um, your personality developed, the person that always wanted to, like a competitive person, a person that worked really hard, tried really hard, just really always trying to be the best that you could be so that there was something inside of you that was driving you to say, Look at me. I'm I'm worth everything. I'm worth. Look at me. I'm I'm so. Yeah. I'm special. I I can do this. I can do that. I'm an athlete. I'm great yeah. in school. I'm smart. I'm yeah. I'm beautiful. Like yeah. how could you not love this beautiful person? <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what I carry with me in a nutshell Mm -hmm. um, into a lot of relationships. And maybe I should actually say, because I'm not sure how often I've ever talked about my dad or my relationship with my dad is in a nutshell, he, um, my parents uh, got divorced when I was, I believe I was 11. It was when they split. And I believe I was 12 turning 13 when like, um, like they moved out and started their own lives. My father quickly married um, and relatively quickly after that had another um, had another child who's Mitchell, who Mitchell actually did a podcast with right. me. He's, he's awesome. He's, I guess he was my half brother. But uh, from that point on, so by the time I was about 13, 14, my father was not a part of my life. Right. Uh, 
I mean, I think there was some pretending happening mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Christmas, um, birthdays, you know, special occasions, those types of things. But it wasn't um, a, a split where we had... My, my dad had joint custody of, of us. However, he chose not to take us on the weekends or every second weekend. He chose to do something else with his new partner and they traveled the world for years and years. Um, and then they, they, they actually live, um, like four kilometers from my mom in, in like in our small town outside of Ottawa, they live very close to us, but we literally never saw them. Um, and then, and then soon after that, uh, there were, you know, talks about how we're, we don't appreciate them or appreciate that they make us dinner on Christmas. So then they started going away on Christmas and then we never saw them. And then, you know, things like that sort of like um, happened. And I didn't really understand what that meant. I was like a teenager at the time and I had my own goals and own, you know, I was going through some bullying at school. I was starting to ski for Team Canada. I had some pressure there. I had to maintain a very high um, average at school. I, I had to be in the 90s overall and 90% average uh, in order for my father to continue funding me. So there was like pressure there and we just, I just didn't really understand what was happening. And then, yeah, so um, he, he, yeah, he just slowly disappeared. Um, and then, and then oh, there was, I'm just gonna just beep in here and just okay, say, yeah, beep in. I don't think it was slow. I think it was pretty damn fast. <laughs> well, it was fast. Yes, it was fast at the beginning, but then we yeah. did like have, like I said, we pretended mm-hmm. to have a relationship, but it wasn't like a father-daughter relationship. It wasn't like a family. It was more like just this uh, expectation or something. Right. And then that is what I meant. Like it slowly over the years just oh, yeah. gradually went from, you know, seeing him five to ten times a year to like once or right. twice a year. Right, 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 right. Yes. Right. There was a point there was, I do want to share this story because this was like a um a very impactful time um in my life when I actually started to see you on a regular basis, but what happened was um when I was coaching and traveling all the time, I I decided I wanted to sort of rekindle. This is I'm an adult now. This yeah. was like I'm in my 30s. Um and I decided I wanted to rekindle my relationship with my dad. So I asked him to go for lunch. I was asking him to go for lunches. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was working downtown in Ottawa. And we would meet, I'm going to say, once every three months mm-hmm. or something like that. So I'd come home. I'd see if he was available. We would meet for lunch. It was like an hour at the very most. We would chat about our lives and then we'd be gone. Uh, I think we did that like five times, maybe maybe six times. But the last time, I'll never forget, because this was like a massive shift in my attempts in my life. It was just a massive shift in my life. Was he, we had lunch, we met, same as same old, same old. And right towards the end, when we were about to pay, I guess, he said to me, Elisa, I am not going to have lunch with you any longer. This is this is going to stop. And I was like, kind of taken aback. I was like, why? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Why? What's the big deal? 
and he said, and I, and I, I, this, I can almost remember these words coming out of his mouth verbatim. He said, because it makes my wife uncomfortable and she is my wife and I'm going to listen to her. She feels left out and therefore we are no longer going to meet for lunch. And it was just simple as that. Uh, coming out of his mouth there was like it was just that and I of course like lost control of my emotions and like completely bursted out crying in the restaurant and the poor waiter came over and was like are you okay and this then my dad said no no she's fine this is my daughter she's fine and I was like bawling my eyes out not fine thinking why doesn't he want to just have lunch with me once every three months like why is there why is that a problem and then I left and then it just kind of like came to me that was like, oh my God, why, why am I trying to push this relationship? Like, what is the point? What is the point? And it was the first time I like started to question that relationship, right. which was like earth shattering for me. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, as I've been conditioned to be a child, like my parents are my parents and I, no matter what, it ha- I have to have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I was questioning. It was really mine mind blasting Mm -hmm, for me mm -hmm. and the start really of like my my shift Mm -hmm. yes yes i remember that yeah yeah it was pretty powerful (laughs) because because you were still trying to get him to accept you i was yes so why well because when when we when we go back to the beginning there's more than meets the eye because it's not just about the relationship that you're having with your parents, but it is also about the how you're programmed in your DNA. Yeah. But don't give any power to the gene. They're starting to see now in epigenetics that it's not the gene doesn't have as much power as they used to give it. So, so that's a good thing because yeah. it's really important that we just uh, concentrate on the DNA. But what a lot of people don't understand is how you're how you are programmed, how you're blueprint is programmed uh, from generations past so I mean in spirituality we talk about past lives and and yes but we're not so much talking about your past lives as we're talking about the lives of those that came before you such as so your parents your grandparents your great-grandparents your great-great-grandparents yeah and if we if we look down uh, the lineage, we're going to see that there's very few people in this world that were not affected by some kind of trauma, mm-hmm. some kind of war, some kind of hunger and starving, some kind of torture or slavery. Yeah. All of those things that happened in past generations we're very traumatizing and those are what is in the DNA, the, the, the blueprint. And so as it comes down the line and then you come into the world in, in, in conception, you, uh, you are conceived with this already pre-programmed information. Which is the same as my pre-programmed, like I have blonde hair, blue eyes. It's like the same to, like to understand it yes. in that way. It's, yes, that, I mean to to make it as a good example. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but only this is this the, is the emotional. This is, this is the emotional that is programmed in your DNA, right. okay. and so uh, when when you are conceived and as you as you uh, develop um, from the seed to the embryo, 
So what happens in that, uh, that embryo is that there are three germ cells, uh, the mesoderm, the ectoderm, and the endoderm, and they start to develop everything that you are in the physical body, but they also develop those, uh, those memories, those emotions in your DNA. So as, as, as you are developing then into a fetus, and then um, depending on what's happening in the mother and the father's relationship, or the mother, if it's a single mother, whatever is happening in that person's life at that time while she carries the while she carries the baby then that gets programmed too right so if there's very a lot of stress or there is maybe drugs or alcohol being used mm -hmm. uh, uh, smoking um, all of those are the way that the the fetus gets affected so when you come out into the world you are already click click You've already got the blueprint. Right. Okay. So it's not all about what happens just right now. Okay. Um, that kind of adds fuel to the flame. Because right. then if we go and we look back, then we look at the blueprint of the mother and the blueprint of the father. And what happened in their lineage. Yeah. So... So there is an element of what goes on in you is about them too, of course. And what, what your father uh, experienced as he was a child and what his way of thinking yeah. or his perception and how then he would have an impact on bringing up his own children. Right. So. So I guess what I'm hearing is that like, the way I felt, which I, I do still have that feeling now. I'm not yes. going to deny that. Right. But the way I felt it was so strongly growing up was, is, is, um, a testament to my lineage as well as my, I don't know, conditioning. Right. Of, as I grew up. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let's talk about conditioning a little bit okay. and how, for me, I mean, I did get a lot of feelings of unworthiness and I feel like it came from both my parents, but primarily from my dad. And like you said, um, uh, I had to, you know, there was a lot of pressure mm -hmm. in the house and look at me, I'm this athlete and I'm this student and I like, why can't you love me? Right. So... Yeah, can you speak to that a little bit more? Well, okay, so the whole time that you are, you know, um, the whole time that you are feeling this unworthiness within yourself, Yeah. what you do is you try to, or you think to yourself, I must not be good enough because he's not paying attention. Yeah. I don't feel there's uh, no demonstration of his love. Yeah. Right? No hugging or sitting on his knee or special bedtime stories or anything like that. And all the while then you're starting to notice that love is conditional. 
Love is not unconditional. And that is a lot about what we have to learn as humans is that most of us don't even understand what unconditional love means. Mm -hmm. Unconditional love means is that we are willing to love no matter what, or that we are in perfect place of alignment. And so therefore yes. we can love no matter what. So we don't judge, you know, uh, we're, we're not criticizing. We can be very accepting of others, no matter what their, quotations faults are yes or as we perceive them so but if we're not taught that if we don't come from that then how are we to know that if we are not taught that if we, yes. if it's not shown you know so so the parents are only doing what they what they know because that's what they've been taught that's their conditioning yes so they so they they do what they were taught which is in, in some cases well you know father fathers hold down the household they go to work they put the roof over your head yes you know they put the food on the table and that's what a father does yes uh, none of that fluffy stuff <laughs> that's right? how, that's the generation in that, which i grew up i think yes. maybe things are shifting now a little they, bit they are shifting a little bit yes, yes. but there's still that I don't know stereotypes, yes. stigma, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, and the and the mother, it's the mother's place then to do the nurturing and to mm -hmm. take care of the home and stuff like that. And that is changing too, but in a whole different way. Yeah, you know, not I don't think in such a great way, because <laughs> now it's the emphasis on the woman is all about it's it's become a nuclear family. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, the mother, the, the mother's like, uh, okay, all right, and uh, so I can only stay off work this long, and I got to go back to work, and I got to stop breastfeeding, and or maybe I don't even need to breastfeed because I need to get out there and I need to go back to work, and yeah, you know, and a lot of pressure on the on the woman to perform nowadays. It'd be interesting to see what those kids growing up, like, what happens with them in their conditioning and how yes. they relate in relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. because 100% for me, like I definitely learned how to love something uh, with condition. Yes. There, it was, um, I, I, in order for me to have feelings of love even, yes. I needed someone to do something for me or treat me in a certain way. It was never like just having a good feeling being in the same room as someone else. Right. Like, I guess that was partially there sometimes, sure. but like that fades Mm -hmm. I, and then I had, I wanted, you know, if you don't behave in this certain way that I want you to, it demonstrates to me that you don't love me and therefore I will not love you. Bye. Exactly. I take my love away. Yep. I take my love away. Take it away. Exactly. Yeah, if you fail, oh, I'll take my love away. It's punishment. It's reward. Punishment. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I see that a lot, like with parents and mm -hmm. I know my parents did that with me. He's like, they reward me for good behavior. Let's go to McDonald's. Right. You can have this if you do that. Right. Um, or you can't have this if you do that. Right. The, the punishment. And I don't necessarily know the answer on how to change that because I know kids can be super challenging. And sometimes, like, even with my nieces and nephews, I'm just like, holy crap, how do you get them to stop crying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's like a different, maybe a different podcast. But uh, just, it's really interesting to be able to recognize that 
um, for almost my entire life, I've def I've put conditions on relationships. Right. As it, it like as it uh, relates to love and other things. Yes, and that's because that's what you were taught. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that was normal. Taught. That was normal. However, it doesn't feel good. No, no, and so because because it doesn't feel good, and because we start to question it. Yeah. And then, and, and a lot of times we question this, what am I, what am I doing wrong that, mm -hmm. you know, I always get myself into this predicament mm. or I'm always in the same place or always end up in the same yes. place with the Why same. Why is this always happening to that's, me? That's right. You know, as a, a, you know, um, same circus, different clowns, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like right. how many boyfriends have I dated that are the exact same? They look different at first. Right. And then... They're not. And yeah, that's right. Now the mask slides off and oh my God, it's you again. <laughs> it is. It's the same characteristics yes. that my, it's the same characteristics in which my father treated my mother mm -hmm. and how he treated me. So what I learned from my parents' relationship, watching them, because I watched them sure. grow up and I saw that my dad wasn't there very often. He they never kissed. They never embraced in front of us. They didn't really laugh and have fun and, and do those types of things. It was, and, and then he was always gone. So that is the man I, of my dreams. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. Exactly. So, and it's even, it's interesting too when I, I mean, I'm taking, as most people know here, I'm taking time off from dating. I'm almost at the two year mark here of like, uh, being out of a relationship, I guess I dated. I'm a, I'm at the one year mark of not dating, mm -hmm. um, and just trying to figure out what's best for me in terms of relationship. But it's starting with the relationship with myself, yes. as you and I both know. Mm -hmm. But like, um, it's interesting when I see a man treat me with respect and um, uh, make me laugh and do things for me and appreciate me. I'm not attracted to it. Right. Because it's not familiar. It's not familiar. Mm -mm. It's very interesting. And like, I've had a couple of people like that in my life that I'm just like, wow. Uh, afterwards, I yes. reflect on the situation and I'm like, wow, that, that is what I want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, that is what you want. And, and I feel that that will be more recognizable and accept acceptable when you in fact treat yourself like that first right and that's where it, where it all starts because you're you're making a concerted effort to change your own pattern to change your blueprint which is totally doable um, and so uh, there are uh, and there are different methods to change that uh, however being aware of that, that you can take, uh, make conscious choices about how you're going to choose to treat yourself yeah. is uh, the first step. Okay, so for um, people out there that might feel as though they have daddy issues or mommy issues, yes, because there's things that I learned from my mother as well. It's, it's, it's a conjoint. It's, you know, it's two, it takes two to tangle. Yeah. So definitely. Um, that, so what, 
how can we start to recognize this? Like I taught, like with you and I, for example, we started with building awareness of thought and of your emotions and what you think of yourself. So that is definitely, I think, a really great starting point. But right. then, then what happens? Because for me, oftentimes when I'm not in alignment is when I'm feeling the, the emotion. Right. When I'm in alignment, life seems to just be super great. Right. Out of alignment, I am aware of the thoughts. I'm aware of what happens in um, in the moment, mm -hmm. but I can't necessarily change it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, this is a good example. So I've, I haven't really had any issue with my dad for the last like f several years since we really started to do some groundbreaking work with it all. And I, I really, I started to understand that he's an adult mm -hmm. and I'm an adult and we don't need to be more than that. I respect him as being the man who gave me life. That's not like, that is for sure. But we don't need to be in relationship. I, I understand that and I, I get it. And it was only, I, I don't know, something shifted in me. Like maybe I don't want to say for the worst, but for in, in a different direction, things I'm being challenged. And one thing that happened with him recently was on my birthday, which was May the 12th. It was like a month ago. Um, he didn't message me on my birthday and normally he does. And it's just a text message. Happy birthday. Hope you have a good day, whatever. Um, and it, I felt something, <laughs> I felt something about, I was, I was pissed. I was actually mad. Yeah. And it was like that whole thing again. He doesn't love me. Why can't he one day out of the year, you know, why can't he just be my dad for freaking hell's sake? So, and then the next day I was like, kind of over it, but not, I don't know. There was like this thing. He messaged me a few days later and said, I can't believe I forgot. Sorry. Happy birthday. I'm like, fine, whatever. But it was just this like really interesting thing that I was like, shit, it's back. Yeah. It's, it's not that it's back. It's not, it's just that it quite never left. Sure. Okay. Okay. It's come so, back to the surface. Maybe then it's, up it's, again. it's still, in it's my... there. It's still, uh, it's still somewhere. The memory is held in the tissues. So it's still in the tissue somewhere. And that's why we talk about development of, of how we, how we develop as an embryo, because all that memory is going into your tissues. Okay. So it's still in the tissues. And so it comes back. There's, it says, uh, Oh, uh, Elisa, you're not quite done with this one yet. Yeah. Here, here's here's a little example and you go ah shit yeah <laughs> you know, like that ah oh, shit yeah shit so and that's and, and you know what it is just to bring to the surface because this is a big part of how you feel then about when you do go into relationship with somebody and your expectations around that. Mm -hmm. So, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> so, so he doesn't text you on your birthday. So, can you imagine that you are in relationship with a man? And it's something that, oh, I don't know, maybe you've gone out for a little bit. Not, not that long. And things are rolling along fine. And for some reason or other, you have maybe, I don't know, maybe you've made plans or maybe you even haven't, but you all of a sudden haven't heard from him in maybe a day or two. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
What comes to the surface? <laughs> he doesn't love me. He doesn't love me. Why hasn't he texted me? Yeah. I, I, I sent him a text. I sent him a text. Yeah. I said, hey, what's going on? Yeah. And he never texts me back. Yeah. Oh, like, I don't, I wonder, is he mad at me? Did yeah. I say something wrong? Ooh, what happened the last time we were together? Oh, oh, gee. Oh, well, I'll just text him again. And I'll just say, hey, haven't heard from you. Yeah. And what if he doesn't text back again? And you're, and now you start to panic. And now you start to feel like, <gasps> like you're holding your breath. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> like this, I can't breathe. Well, that's the pattern right there. Mm -hmm. Because of the fact that right away, you go back to those feelings of father. I'm, uh, oh, he doesn't love me. I'm not good enough. He's, uh, I've done something wrong. He's mad at me. Yeah. I don't, I can't possibly think of what it was that I said. Did I say something? And so that's what you don't want, right? Because maybe, and, and then all of a sudden the next day you get a text, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But, oh, there was a crisis at work and my best friend broke his leg or yeah. and I was in a panic or, or. I just got caught up in things. Sorry, you know, didn't mean to do it or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But it turns out to be nothing. And all that while, though, you have been in a panic mode mm -hmm. and in a fear-based mode of I, I, I've done something wrong. Yes. He doesn't love me. Yes. It's totally, I've been there. Or it's like in the abandonment feelings of mm -hmm. like, this person, I really like them and they're not going to be in my life anymore. Oh my God, what do I do about this? And so that's why it's so important that you heal this around, mm -hmm. around your father because of the fact that that will always dribble over into every relationship that you have. Yes. That same kind of feeling. And so when you, you want to be in that place where you're strong enough and where you're, where you're uh, confident enough, to know that no matter what, everything will always work out for you. Mm -hmm. And that you can you can just let that roll right off your back because, well, not everything is, is uh, circulating around that. You've got other things in your life that are going on too. It's not like, oh, relationship, oh, dive in deep, you know, get in there, you know, lose my head over it kind yeah. of thing. But that you are very diversified and you have other things going on in your life. So that little tweak came back just to tell you, you're not quite done with this, Elisa, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, maybe you just want to sit and just, you know, uh, not focus on it. Well, maybe, but breathe into that, and 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 then maybe even just see yourself, you know, letting letting go more and more of that father daughter tie. Yes. Right. That's yes. I call cutting psychic ties. Yes, I do that. I we did that a session like that the last time I was with you. Yes. We did some cutting of the psychic ties, and it definitely lifted a veil uh, that that. I don't know what you want to call it, it this perspective it definitely changed and shifted nice. I not it's not over I'm not done yeah. with it um, but how important is it to understand where we come from like oh it's very very important it's so important because of the fact that 
when we understand this, when we know this, it will take a lot of pressure off of us. And it will also clear up a lot of feelings and thoughts about the way we feel about ourselves. To understand that we're already pre-programmed, that it's already in our blueprint, it gives us, um, what's, what's, how, it, it gives us the awareness that we have the ability to change it. Yes. That's what, that's the beauty of it, that to say that, oh, you know, of course, like my, my, my great, great grandfather, you know, he was, you know, lived in Ireland when everybody was just eating potatoes because they were all starving to death. And that get kind of explains to me why I feel hungry all the time and I want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Or the feeling of, um, oh, there's lack in this world. There's lack in this world. I got to remember that when I get out there, I got to, I got to eat my way through life because there's lack coming down the shoot somewhere, yeah, you know, or or uh, uh, so I'm I'm feeling all this uh, betrayal, or I feel abandonment. My my grandfather walked out on my grandmother numerous times, and my mother uh, really really had an issue with abandonment. And then and then I so I come out in the world, and I go, well, you know, you don't. Oh, every relation I, I went into was about, uh, yeah, I'll give you three days. <laughs> I broke more hearts along the way than you could shake a stick at because I was afraid of commitment. Okay. Because if I committed, then lo and behold, uh, you know, what if, what if he left? What if he left? Yeah. yeah. So this way... I'd be first, <laughs> just like okay. Interesting. Nice, nice knowing you there, uh, Tom, and uh, and we're done. <laughs> and I'm on to the next guy. <laughs> okay. Commitment issues. So we kind of started talking about this before, and then I think mm -hmm. we got off. Um, yeah. Was uh, like what people who are listening right now that are having these feelings, having like fear-based emotion. Right. What is like the first step? I think we talked about awareness well, and then... Well, for me, the, oh, they, okay, you know the way I work. I have many tools in my toolkit, so yeah. I, um, this is what I do. I either work uh, with an inner child, mm -hmm. the inner child, bringing the inner child forward. Um, I'm a certified hypnotherapist, so... I, I work with that. Mm -hmm. I work with labels, which is a big thing. Mm -hmm. Identifying the labels that you were given as a child. Mm, that's cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. That yep. can be life-changing. The other thing that I do is I also do um, a way of working. It's, it's, well, as you know, I'm clairvoyant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, the, yeah. Um, I discovered that I had this, that I just had this way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to call it a gift, but it, like a talent. <laughs> yeah. To uh, go inside a person's uh, brain and be able to see their um, embryos. And from that, I could see the trauma inside there and I could bring them to a place of peace. So doing that, it can release a lot of trauma from a person's body. And I was able to identify uh, 
these traumas that went on and then there would be a significant shift um, uh, on the table. And the other thing that, uh, so there's, so there's doing inner child work. Yeah. Uh, there's doing hypnotherapy work. Yeah. Uh, there's, um, doing, uh, I, I can't really call it biodynamic cranial sacral because it's really not that what it is more about my ability to go in and find the embryo and yeah. see what's going on. Okay, so there's that. And the other thing that I do is I, I rebirth people. And that will remove a lot of conditioning through rebirth process. But the, the other thing too we went back to when I was talking about, so let, let's say that, okay, is to really be aware of your thoughts. Yeah. Really be uh, your thoughts and your feelings. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's, it, there's, there's a catch here. And the catch is, if you are aware, of, uh, you, you'll hear people say, oh, you know, honor your emotions. And if you feel sad, let the sadness come and all that stuff. Well, that's fine. But do you want to spend, do you want to allow those feelings of sadness or grief or sorrow to build momentum? In other words, once they get away from you, you're in deep and sometimes you could be there for a long, long time. Yeah, because that becomes your normal. Exactly, exactly. So what you're doing is you're allowing those thoughts to keep on coming in. Yeah. And so bringing you feelings of, Egh, Yeah. you know, so, all right, you are, you honor, like if I wake up and one day and I'm feeling sad and I say to myself, I say, hmm, I'm feeling sad. I wonder where that came from. Hmm, I wonder what that is. Well, I can't really put my finger on it right now, but wow, look at the sunshine out there. You know, <laughs> I know that I can change that. Right. I have the power to change it. Yes. Right? Yes. Right in that moment, I take my power back. Yes. And I then focus on everything that's positive in my life. Yes. There are so many things and feelings that we think about that we feel but the greatest lesson we need to learn is that in every moment you have a choice to change it you want to go around with your chin dragging on the floor all day that's up to you if that's making you happy that you can drag your chin around on yeah. the floor all day good for you but if not if you want to go around feeling like i do with a big big smile on my face and laughing and singing and having fun then I change that thought because I, that that's not what it's about. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to have a good time. And over a course, over time, that will work for you. And a lot of that also pre-programming will start to diminish too. Okay. That's, that's, yeah, because like, I mean, there's, People listening that don't live in Ottawa and they can't see you. Yes, right, right, <laughs> Like, right. so how do we, how do we, like, I mean, for me, I do a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like, yes. I do a lot of work when I leave yes. my sessions with you and how I see myself and how I treat myself and how I speak to myself and I ebb and flow. I like that. I think we talked about this last time when we talked about relationships was like the 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 hole when you're walking on the sidewalk and you fall yes. in the hole. and. Yes, my I am dating the same guy over and over again, 
However, I'm not, I'm recognizing it earlier and getting exactly. the hell out faster. That's right. You're choosing another path. Yes. You're just like, oh, put the brakes on and oh, I see the hole in the sidewalk. I yeah. walk, turn around and walk the other way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great. I, I think one time you said that the hole gets a little bit more shallow, like right. less deep. So That's it's right. easier to jump out. You're exactly. not stuck in it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You don't stay in as long. Yeah. Yeah. So like some people too, like I've had conversations, this is like, um, really interesting to me is when, um, <clears throat> I don't really necessarily want to get into the walking, the walk or talking, the talk, talk, mm -hmm. but, uh, I, I see people in really terrible relationships and they have a fear of like uh, romantic relationships and there's a fear to leave, um, or they, they continue to stay in those and they are almost in denial about what's actually going on and how they're being treated. And I, I oftentimes wonder, is that always a direct link? How we behave in our relationship, is that always a direct link to our upbringing, our DNA? Yes. 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 So 100% of the time. Yes. Okay, so um, I also have I, I, a couple of friends who have a lot of knowledge. They know a lot of the spiritual practices. Um, yet, um, and they're the first ones to give you advice when things are getting crappy in your own life. Like in my life, I get advice from these people, but I watch them in their relationship and they don't necessarily follow their own advice. Um, how, how can we... For people that want to learn more about themselves, how can you bring it from knowing about to knowing in your own body? Mm, well, knowing is a connection. Knowing is a connection to the divine. Okay. And that divinity is yourself in a higher place. So to know something is in, the, in that way is to be totally connected. And... In order for you to feel that or get to be in that place, I recommend that first of all, everybody learn how to ground themselves because a lot of people are not grounded. They're just walking around with their heads in the clouds and taking whatever comes their way. Mm. So that connection has to be both ways. It has to be that you are also fully grounded. So in other words, they're like looking for everything outside of themselves to feel fulfilled instead of yes yes okay yeah yeah so you know and when I say grounded I don't mean you know walk around in your bare feet yeah <laughs> become a monk or a, a man of the woods <laughs> yeah yeah I, you know and also too we live in a concrete world so yeah. good luck with that yeah you know we live up north so yeah. when it's snowing we're not walking around our bare feet it is how to ground your spine because all information comes through your central nervous system down your spinal cord. So, you know, that takes you into a whole other subject, right? Right. Of, of what, we, what we identify as chakras. But um, it, in order to be fully grounded means that you bring more and more awareness to what's going on in your body and to where you carry a lot of your information. Yeah. You know, and, and then once, once that happens and you're actually practicing it, then you can, um, make that connection, a better connection to your higher guidance or your higher self, if you want to call the divine, 
this is when knowing comes in. You just know. You just know. You just know that, but that you have to have that connection. Yes. Yeah. You and can't. You can't be all scattered and know. Yes, and so through awareness, you can, you can understand whether you're scattered or not yes absolutely as a lot of people believe that they're doing the right things Mm -hmm. because that's what they think they know Mm -hmm. or what they know about but there's Mm -hmm. that's kind of where i'm going with this because it's like this neat little um separation in the realms if you will Mm -hmm. the knowing about and the knowing Mm -hmm. and i just like i when i live in both of those worlds a little bit, I feel the most aligned. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Sure. Sure? sure? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. As long as you're feeling aligned, that's right. the most important thing. <laughs> that's the most important thing. How you align yourself is up to you. As long as you're feeling good in it, you're doing something right. Okay, so... Let's kind of surmise this mm-hmm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. I know I've done a lot of talking here, but relationship with parents. Mm-hmm. What's sort of like a final thought? I would say that there is, in our belief system in the material world, we have a lot of belief system around that you need to heal or you need to have Mm-hmm. relationship with your birth parents yes and you a lot of people struggle with that because i hear all the time oh god i've got to go and spend christmas with my parents yeah or they come back and then say well i just spent christmas with my parents what do you think i'm a mess yeah a lot of effort a lot of struggle goes into that because they believe that because their parents brought them into the world that they have to have relationship with them when that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. So just because two people brought you into the world does not mean that you need to have a relationship with them. They did their job. They brought you into the world. You use them as the vehicle to get here and their job is done. At the age of 18, their job is done. For some people, it's it's younger than that. But mm-hmm. but you would say at the age of 18, you start making your own choices and things like that. If your relationship with your parents is unbearable or you just can't handle it, you do have a choice. And your choice is, is that you can say, you can say, I love them. But I don't need to be in relationship with them. I can love them from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, just as if with a relationship with a partner. Mm-hmm. And you're no longer in relationship with that partner. And you say, I, I, I love them. But I, I'm not in love with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can still love your, you can still love those people that brought you into the world, but if their lives are a mess mm-hmm. and every time you you get together with them and you become a mess, is it really worth it to still be beating yourself up over that mm-hmm. where it's nothing ever changes because they are not in a place of awareness. 
Mm-hmm. So until they make some changes, significant changes in, in their lives, maybe that will never happen. So, yeah, it's interesting with that connection to your parents. They're always teaching you from the, the second you're born, you're watching, you're learning. And even as adults, you're still watching. They're probably like I know in a lot of ways, especially when I'm out of alignment, my parents are still teaching me the same lessons the same abandonment, unworthiness lessons as an adult. And it's like, holy shit. Yes. (laughs) Why do I need to come back to this, I guess? So let's just identify abandonment because I think that's really, really important. Abandonment is not solely about abandonment issues through our relationship with parents. But it is also, more importantly, I ought to say, more importantly is about the abandonment of the self. How you split into duality. How you turn into two because of the fact that you abandoned your own God self. Your ability to create your own life and took on belief systems of others when they weren't true. Oh. That was amazing. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, that that is so true. I I can say I have abandoned myself. Exactly. Ooh, I just got like super chills. I did. Yeah. I just got things. Things are happening in me. <laughs> <laughs> it's resonating in your DNA. It really is. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Okay. There you go. Well, thank you, oh. Adele. This was a really good first sort of like look at, you know, the real connection with parents. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sooner rather than later, we should go a little bit deeper into this if there is a way to do that. I mean, always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> we can say we just scrape the surface, but no, yeah. it's really, really important, I think, that we understand this. And uh, I know that people can't come to Ottawa, but I do do Skype. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is a great point. Yes. I I do do Skype. Okay. So perfect. So if you are listening and this is resonating with you, Adele is um, at Phoenix Rising HC on Instagram. So at Phoenix Rising Healing Center. And then your um, website is phoenixrisinghealingcenter.com. That's right. Okay. Um, and set up a meeting. We, you and I have done remotes before, yes. and um, it's it's very very cool. It's very powerful, and um, it's always just nice to have somebody who gets it and okay. who you can talk to at uh, in a safe space because not a lot of people have that. That's right. And I also just this just came to me, so okay. I think it's important that I just mention this that we don't we don't want to learn coping mechanisms. We want mm. to learn how to heal. That is that is one of the, the the most beautiful things is I when I leave sessions with you is I do feel a healing. I'm not putting the band-aid on. And I know exactly when I do put the band-aid on or I'm trying to mask it or when I'm running away or whatever that is, yeah. versus that place in me that I just accept myself, start to appreciate and love myself one degree more it like shifts everything and changes everything yeah beautiful yeah so beautiful okay well thank you so much you thank you so much you're so beautiful (laughs) yourself
Thank you so much. Okay, namaste. Namaste. Okay, everyone, that's all for today. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support the show, please donate to my Patreon account. The link is in my Instagram bio and in the show notes. Your support means the world to me as always and will help me to continue on this journey to becoming a full-time podcaster. You can also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Thanks again for listening. Have a lovely day. Until next time.